My goodness. Sometimes I wait a little bit. Sometimes I make sure all the notes are all neat and tidy and detailed and organized before we get into the stream on post loons. But tonight, I just could not wait to get started after that win. Even though I was only able to see about 35 minutes of it, it was still such an amazing win for the loons at Allianz Field tonight. Three to two, the final over the Philadelphia Union, who hadn't lost since September 15th and hadn't lost in MLS play since September 3rd. That is how good Philadelphia has been over the last five, six weeks. And Minnesota United holds serve at home, handing the Union their first loss in that amount of time. What's going on? My name is Jeremy Rushing. Thank you so much for tuning into Post Loons, presented by our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Hit them up, NightStreetMPLS.com. I'll tell you more about what's going on at Ninth Street here in just a little bit. But yes, a big, 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 big three points for Minnesota United at home as they handle business against Philadelphia. If you're checking out the stream on Twitter, give us a retweet and a like. If you're checking out the stream on YouTube, give us a like and uh, drop a question or comment in the chat. If you're watching on Twitter and you want to leave a question or comment, unfortunately, you'll have to go and do that over on our YouTube channel. So check us out. Just go to youtube.com and search post loons in the search bar there. Um, and drop your, your three things, your two things, your one thing, your overall takeaways uh, from the match tonight. Obviously, like I said, big win, big three points for Minnesota United. I'm going to go ahead and get into my three things uh, getting started here. My first, Minnesota Streak Breakers. I'm renaming the team Minnesota Streak Breakers. I'm actually going to type this out so you guys can see it. Minnesota Streak Breakers. Boom. Save. There it is. Minnesota Streak Breakers, my first thing. Uh, this is, again, a Philly team that was white hot coming into Allianz Field, a lot of swagger. Um, you know, it had been, again, since September 15th. And that loss on September 15th was to Club America from Mexico in the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals. That is the last time that Philadelphia had lost a match at all before tonight. And you take care of business if you're Minnesota United against them. Great, great effort from the team. That, to me, was the biggest thing. This team played hard tonight. They finally looked like a team with their backs against the wall who were looking to just do everything they could to grit out three points against a really, really damn good team. You saw the effort. You saw the quality. You saw the, the defensive pressure that they were putting on. You saw guys like Reynoso, Fragapane, uh, Robin Lud all step up. And that is, I mean, that's what you want to see. And that leads me into my second thing here. My second thing is this front line. When they're healthy and they're at full strength, the five guys that make up kind of the, the front line you talk about Adrian Nunu, Franco Fragapane, Emmanuel Reynoso, Robin Lud, and Ethan Finley. Now, obviously, all five of those guys won't be starting at the same time, but those are kind of the five you can interchange 
and still have a quality front line, one of the best front lines in MLS. And that is what you see from Minnesota United. That's what you saw from them tonight. And when this team is healthy, that is what you've kind of seen from them all season. And now that they're getting more continuity, playing together, more consistency on the field at the same time, you can see how they're gelling. You can see how they're playing together. You can see what they do against a really, really good Philadelphia Union defense. I mean, it was high-quality stuff. That is what you pay money to get on your team. We just saw today how much money Minnesota United is investing in their players. Adrian Anu, $2.7 million. It's a lot of money. He's by far the highest-paid player in the team. When you have, when you pay a player that much money, you expect them to come in and produce. Anu did not really produce consistently right away, but now we're really starting to see it. I think it's two for two. Who knew? Uh, same with Fragapane. So this, I mean, there, and this is the perfect time for this, this gelling, this, this, this optimal performance from this front line. This is the perfect time for that to be happening right as you hit the stretch run of the season. Such an important stretch run too for your playoff hopes and your playoff chances. Unbelievable performance from this front line tonight across the board. All five of those guys. Unu. Fragapane, Reynoso, Lud, and Finley all played fantastic tonight. So A plus to all of them. Um, I'm sure when when Bruce puts out his uh, his player ratings later, all those guys will be in the great category. Maybe Ethan Finley will be in the good category, but I would put them all in the great category because I think they all played excellent tonight, and that was a huge reason why. Uh, I think it was the reason why. Minnesota United came out with three points tonight. Just the overall play of their front line, specifically Emmanuel Reynoso. I mean, his his defensive pressure, what he did on the ball, what he did in distributing, um, it's, it's, it's amazing to see. And that's what you get that guy for. That's what we've come to expect from Reynoso. Defenses have been playing him tough, so it hasn't been super consistent from him because of the way he's been defended all season long. But you saw it in spades tonight. And that is, that is I mean – you see what happens. You see the results that you get when those guys are gelling and playing uh, at the level that they can. My third and final thing, backline bounce back. We've talked a little bit over the last few weeks, over the last few post-lens shows about the defensive miscues um, that have been happening, a little bit of lack of quality overall from the backline, um, leaking in some goals. But tonight was a really good performance from the backline. Aside from Roman Metnair's red card at the end, which we will get to, um, you know, Bikai Dibasi made a couple just just really, really crucial um, plays to stop Philadelphia chances. Michael Boxel was consistent as always. Chase Gasper played really well. Um, so really good bounce back performance from the back line specifically because this game was pretty wide open. I mean, you talk about back and forth, especially in the second half. A lot of it was on that back line. And they, and they did well. Tyler Miller made a few saves, but he was not challenged tonight nearly as much as he has been in the past. And that is credit due to the back line of Minnesota United. Also due to that optimal defensive midfield pairing. I've said it before. This is who you want in the defensive midfield. You want Will Trapp and Hassani Dotson. When those two are together, you see the results both offensively and defensively. When this team is fully healthy. All around the board. I think we can take these three feet, three things and sort of combine them into one big thing. And that is when this team is healthy, front to back, all 11, we see how freaking good they are. We see the potential. 
it's frustrating when there is inconsistencies and it's frustrating when you pull one piece out of the puzzle, what can go wrong. But when you get nights like tonight, it's hard not to be optimistic because when this 11 plays together or 12, if you count, uh, you know, Robin Lloyd, Ethan Finley, whoever's not starting at that right wing will eventually come in early enough in the match to be influential. That 12, I guess when you have all of them, this is a really freaking good team. Like this is an MLS cup caliber team. So I'm not writing them off. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to be healthy. You can't really be missing any guys. That's kind of what we've established with this team. This team is good, but this team is fragile in terms of who they can be missing and, and how that affects the team. I want to hear your things, guys. Give those questions and comments in. I see a lot of people watching right now. Uh, thank you so much. If you're on Twitter, you will have to go to our YouTube channel if you want to drop a comment or a question. Um, if you are on YouTube, go go ahead and feel free to drop that in the chat. I will respond to it and address it. Um, if you're on Twitter, give us a retweet and a like. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. That would be awesome. All right, so not a lot of game notes here. The game notes really don't start until the second half. I was able to see a few video clips on Twitter over the first half to sort of give me a gist of, of some of those sequences. So I will address those, but to be honest, I think it was about the 55th minute when I checked back from watching the Ford Madison game and I was finally able to watch Minnesota United. I think that's, that's so if you guys were watching on the stream as well and know the exact kind of minute or the exact time that uh, the loons game was back on, uh, I was watching destination Polaris there for a little bit. Uh, like I said, I switched over and watched forward Madison. I watched my Chicago Bulls and their opener tonight too. So uh, I, had, I had a few different options, but obviously I'm here to watch the loons. I want to watch the loons. And I was only really able to catch you know 35 minutes plus. But the team did a good job of posting a lot of clips on Twitter um, in the first half to sort of keep us abreast of what was going on. So um, starting in the seventh minute, this was, I mean, really impressive for me to see. Roman Metinair with some filthy footwork in the box to keep the loons in possession. It uh, looked like the ball was going to go over the end line, but but Metinair kind of backheels the ball back in play, keeps possession. Unfortunately, and this is in a very dangerous area, this could have easily led to a Minnesota United goal, but nothing came of it. Some last-ditch defending from Philadelphia was able to snuff out that chance. 18th minute, another close call for Minnesota. Uh, bent pass into the box just out of the outstretched foot of Adrian Unu. I mean, he's sticking his foot out there and there's like about a millimeter difference between the ball and his foot uh, just at the six yard box would have been a really good opportunity, but the 41st, that is where we get the first goal. Really nice work from Reynoso to Fragapane who finds Unu point blank and the freshman or the freshman, the Frenchman rather uh, beats Philly's keeper uh, near post to give the loons the lead. And so you're thinking you're going, you're going to go into the half with the lead, but the cardinal sin, giving up a goal right before half. I think the loons are pretty lucky that this didn't come back to bite them, because some a lot of times giving up goals right before half is not, um, you know, it, it only really means bad things for uh, how the match is going to end up. Forty fifth minute goal from the Union, really nice shot. I mean, you know, you you can maybe criticize some of the work to stop the build-up play 
uh, there to get to that point, but there's really not much the defense or Tyler Miller specifically could have done just a really beautiful curling shot from Daniel Gazdag and beats Tyler Miller uh, for the equalizer just before half. So you go in one, one a little bit deflated that you gave up a goal right before halftime. Right. I mean, that's not exactly what you want to see. Um, I, I didn't see it obviously, because if anybody's watching on the stream, they weren't able to see that, uh, that goal or really any of the first half. But, um, you know, you have a chance to go into halftime with the lead and you give up that late equalizer. Never, uh, never good for the confidence. 49th minute, Reynoso tries his luck from outside the 18, almost tries to basically mimic what Gazdag did. Uh, he's going off the left foot here and he beats the keeper and you think it's going in, but it's just a whisker wide of the post, like that far wide of the post. Uh, 55th, though, the Union get ahead, get their noses out in front via uh, Alejandro Bedoya's header um, that did not go in. But a forced a rebound from Miller. He really was unable to control it. And so he gives up the rebound. And who do you know? Gazdag again buries it for his brace and gives Philly the two to one lead. 61st, obviously, this uh this became very, very crucial to the match. Robin Lud on for Ethan Finley. And in the 63rd, just all out effort. This is a straight effort play, and this is taking advantage of an opportunity that's presented to you, or I guess making your own luck in this case, because Reynoso intercepts an errant union pass. I mean, he is, his head was right in it. He saw the pass. He knew where to go. He knew where to be, intercepts it, and you're two-on-one, basically, sends a beautiful back heel to Lud, and Lud, you can tell he was fired up, man. You can tell he was jazzed up because just an emphatic smash uh for the finish there to bring minnesota level uh really really beautiful team goal all around as was the 67th minute goal unu finds the ball at his feet deep in the box sends a hard shot really really good job to put some pace on that shot because while it didn't beat the keeper uh blake did palm it away but the rebound goes right to fragapane wide open net he puts it away and loons have the 3-2 lead uh 75th minute ozzy comes on for adrian unu 76th, really, really good defensive work from Makai Tabasa here. He slides in to shut down a potential opportunity for the visitors. Then Miller makes a crucial save on the ensuing corner. So a really, really important sequence there to keep the loons ahead. 77th minute, potential turning point here. Uh, fortunately, the loons were able to hold on, but uh, Roman Metinair just completely loses his head here. He throws the ball at Kai Wagner after the two had a bit of a skirmish. They were kind of doing, you know, the tug of war thing for the ball. Wagner tried to take the ball away from Metnair. He didn't uh, like that too much. And so he proceeds to make the terrible decision of throwing the ball directly at Wagner's face. That is going to get you a red card 10 out of 10 times. Uh, so, yep, Metnair shown straight red and the loons have to go down to 10. 86, the final subs of the night, Rosales and Adi on for Fragapane and Reynoso. And the Loons shut the door. There were a couple of decent chances for Philly, but none that really made you hold your breath too much down the stretch. The Loons did a really good job of packing it in and seeing out the match down 11 uh, v 10 over the last 13 plus minutes. And as our friend John Marthaler from the Star Tribune uh, noted, uh, he called it a great veteran move from Roman Metinair to get the red card because if you go down to 10 men, you know, it's hard to give up a man advantage when you get shown the red card first. And so maybe that's the reason the Loons won. Maybe it's because they went down to 10 as opposed to the other team going down to 10. But uh, in all seriousness, really good all-around work from Minnesota United in this match. I think one of their better whistle-to-whistle -whistle performances 
uh, this season. And it came at a crucial time when they really, really needed three points. And they come away with those at home against Philadelphia. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments like Dave Stevens, please drop those in the chat. Dave says the first half was all MNUFC, in my opinion, just frustrating that they didn't capitalize earlier and they conceded just, and they conceded after credit, some very good Philadelphia defending. They're a good team. Yeah. I mean, Philly's a great team. I mean, they're supporter shield winners last year. And while they aren't necessarily at that level, a lot of that is due to new England, just blowing everybody away in MLS this year. I think they have 66 points and the next closest team or no, they have 69 points after tonight, I believe. And the next closest team has like 49 or 50. Like New England is just absolutely running away with the supporter shield. Um, so Philly is obviously not going to repeat as supporter shield winners, but they're still a damn good team. I mean, there's a reason they haven't lost an MLS in seven weeks and haven't lost in general in like five because they are a really, really good team. I mean, they made the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals for cripe's sakes. Like this is a really good team that Minnesota United beat tonight. And uh, they should be proud of that performance. And the Minnesota United supporters should be proud of that performance. This is the performance that we've been asking this team that we know that they're capable of. We've been asking them to put together all season long. And that's why it's been so frustrating to watch this team have performances where you go up a man in the 21st minute against San Jose and Kansas City and come out with a point apiece in each match, right? Or you go up a man late against Colorado and you give up three goals. Like, that is so counter to the potential of this team. And we saw what they can do tonight. Really exciting match. Really great all-around effort. Really great all-around work. And you see what it does for you. You get three points against one of the best teams in the league. That should be the expectation. That shouldn't be an aberration. But this season, it kind of feels like an aberration. But this team is good. We need to start treating this team like they're as, as good as they are and start holding them to that standard. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Dave Stevens comes again, says, I'm good, Heath. I'm glad Heath brought on Lud for Finley instead of Unu. That could have gone either way. Finley missed an opportunity just before that sub, and Lud scores just after that worked well. Yeah, I like that Lud Finley, um, you know, inner, inner tandem there, I guess, in terms of if Finley starts, Lud's going to come on earlier. If Lud starts, Finley's going to come on 60 65th minute. Um, I think those two complement each other really well. Um, and I, I almost like as good as Robin Lud is, I really like him coming off the bench for a couple of reasons. One, uh, he just brings a lot. I mean, Ethan Finley is not a 90 minute guy. He's been forced to be a 90 minute guy at points this season, but he's not a 90 minute guy. He's at most a 55, 60 minute guy. So that plays well in terms of bringing Robin Lud on. He can read the game. He can see the match from the sideline. He knows kind of where he needs to insert himself to be successful. Now, another reason I like Lud coming off the bench is we've seen what Lud can bring as a center forward as well. If something happens where, you know, down the stretch here, Adrian Anu picks up a yellow and you can't afford to lose him. You can bring Robin Lud on for, uh, you know, a, a yellow carded center forward instead of for Ethan Finley. Like there are, there are different ways you can insert him into the match. He's a very flexible piece. Not that you can't move him over, you know, as, as we've seen done, you know, you bring, uh, you know, Finley on and then move Unu to center forward or, you know, different, different ways that Lud has been used. 
you know, he doesn't necessarily need to come off the bench to be used in those different ways. But I, I kind of like what we saw tonight where Finley starts and you bring Lud off the bench. Um, and we saw the second half impact that Robin Lud has. You know, we, we know the impact he has in general, but in the second half tonight specifically, really, really good work from him and the squad as a whole. All right, so if you're like Dave and you have any more uh, questions or comments, feel free to drop those in the chat. A little bit shorter post loons tonight, honestly, because, again, I was only able to watch 35 minutes of the match. What the F, Valley Sports North? I don't know what is going on over there, but this is not the first time this has happened. I believe this is like the fourth or fifth time this season where we have not gotten a full Minnesota United broadcast on the online stream. And that's how I watch the matches. That's how a lot of people watch the matches. Not a lot of people pay for cable in 2021. They find alternate ways to get the games. And a lot of this, a lot of those ways include using the Bally Sports app and watching on the online stream. I feel like Bally Sports has to know that. And so I don't know how this is becoming a consistent issue where these Minnesota United matches are not coming through on the feed like we're getting freaking destination polaris and other and and just a blank screen after that's over i don't understand it and so that's something that needs to be addressed in the offseason is can minnesota united trust their broadcast partner like that's not even something that should be in our minds should be worried about what's happening on the field but we're having to have these discussions on what the heck is going on with the broadcasts, you have, and my, for my money, the best local play-by-play man in American soccer. I think I think Cal Williams does such a excellent job. Kendra Disenaubin is an amazing color commentator. We have great people on the broadcasts. The problem is the actual functionality of the broadcast themselves, being able to see the freaking broadcast. I don't understand it. It is unacceptable that somebody like me who does a post-game show promoting this damn team, right? I can, I, I can be critical about them. I can you know say whatever I want. I'm not affiliated with the team at all, but I'm still bringing coverage to the team like a lot of other people are. And you can't get the freaking broadcast, right? That it's, it's not acceptable. I bet you the Timberwolves broadcast went off without a hitch. I bet you the wild broadcast this season are going to go off without a hitch. I bet you all the twins, 185 million broadcasts this season and next season all went and will go off without a hitch. But Minnesota United needs to be treated as equal. I know they're not seen as equal. I know soccer as a whole is still not seen as equal as a lot of other those sports, although the statistics will show you show you from TV viewership that we've actually caught that soccer is actually caught in past hockey at this point. That's neither here nor there. They need to figure it out. At some point, DC United has already done this. Chris Clark on Twitter. Shout out Christopher Clark if you're watching on the stream. Uh, actually pointed this out to me where DC United is actually showing their home broadcast on their own website to people in the uh, the DC metropolitan area. At some point, an MLS team, and soon, an MLS team is going to go all in on owning and producing their own game broadcasts. They're really, in MLS, there's not huge local TV deals. All the big TV money in MLS comes from the national TV deals that they garner. 
There's not too much coming in from a local TV side. So there's not much downside to just bringing it all in-house and doing it yourself. In my opinion, there's a ton of upside. Not only does it make sense to show more of your fans more of your games, but also I think it makes sense from a financial standpoint. When you own and operate the broadcast, you control everything. You get to sell your own advertising or use it as leverage, as value add to the advertisers that you already have brought on board, which is what they already do on the Valley Sports broadcasts. So why not do it yourself? When you own it and operate it yourself, you don't have to worry about all this other bullshit. I don't know. It just, it really bothers me that I had to wait until the 55th freaking minute to watch Minnesota United tonight. I love Forward Madison. I host a Forward Madison podcast every Monday with Rob Chappell, Cheap Plug, Talking Flock, in your podcast feed every Tuesday morning. I sh- in, in, a, in a night where Minnesota United and Forward Madison are playing at the same time, I should not be seeing more of Forward Madison than I am of Minnesota United. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed watching a lot of the Forward Madison Union Omaha match. They got three points against one of the against one of the best teams in USL League One. It was entertaining. I saw Josiah Trimmingham put away two bangers in a three minute period. That was pretty awesome. But I'm here to host a Loons post game show. I shouldn't catch 35 minutes of the freaking match. Anyways, I'm off that soapbox. I'm sorry, but it just really really bugged me. Uh, Dave Valensky is entering the chat. Thank you, Dave. He says, do you think the rain affected the play on the field? Wasn't really able to watch the game, but it sounded like people were scoring left and right around the 50th minutes. Um, I'm I'm not going to say it didn't play a factor. I will say that I don't think it gave anybody an advantage. I thought coming in that if the weather was, was really bad, that would actually play to Minnesota's advantage in terms of muddying up the game because I do think you know, top to bottom, Philly has shown they are a better team than Minnesota United this season. I think that's pretty fair to say. So usually when the game's muddied up and there's weather and there's that, that's usually more of an equalizer, right? So I thought Minnesota United would benefit if there was like super severe torrential downpour, you know, type weather. We didn't really get that though. There was rain, but Allianz Field, now, I think the first season of Allianz Field, the pitch was terrible. I think they improved it since. I think there's actually pretty good, uh, pretty good drainage system at Allianz Field. So um, I don't think it played that much of a factor. Did it contribute to how wide open the match was kind of equally? It could have. It very well could have. But um, I'm not an expert on that. So I will defer that to somebody else. I'll stick around here for a couple more minutes, guys. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, what's on tap for Minnesota United? Let's go through this. Uh, Saturday. They welcome a struggling but desperate LAFC side. LAFC lost 2-1 to one tonight to FC Dallas. Uh, that tells you about how, how this stretch is going for them. But they are not out of the playoff hunt just, just yet. They're really, really close. They're right on that bubble where if they drop points really at all the rest of the way, they're probably going to be on the outside looking in when all things said and done. So they're going to be absolutely desperate when they come to Allianz Field on Saturday. So you're going to have to be ready if you're Minnesota United for that, for a team to come at you like a team who's playing for the playoff lives because they are. So you're going to have to be ready. But a really good, really good opportunity for Minnesota United to solidify their playoff resume. If you can get three points on Saturday, you're sitting in a really, really good spot. Then the big one could be a big one, depending on how the next seven days go. 
at Vancouver next Wednesday, the 27th. That could make or break your season if you're Minnesota United. If you drop points against LAFC and things are really tight for that final playoff spot and you go into Vancouver against that team that you're battling for that playoff spot with, that's a high-pressure situation on the road. I don't think you want to leave it up to that if you're Minnesota United. I think that gives you extra incentive if you're Minnesota to take care of your business on Saturday, get your three points so you can have a little bit of a buffer. It's still going to be a big match against Vancouver next Wednesday regardless, but it won't be a make or break if you get three points against LAFC on Saturday. And then the following Sunday on Halloween afternoon, uh, noon kickoff on Halloween, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, Minnesota United hosts SKC. So those are the next three matches. There are four games remaining. The last one is at LA Galaxy the following Sunday, November 7th. So you have three more in this four game, four game and 12 day stretch. I want to say it is. Uh, and then you get that seven day break for the season finale at LA Galaxy. So this is these six points that you've gotten over these last two matches. Absolutely huge. You're in a good spot, but the work is not done. You have four more games. You need to take care of business on Saturday against LAFC. You need to go on the road, probably get a point against Vancouver if you can. And if you do both of those things, the next two matches, while they might, they might matter for seeding purposes, they probably won't matter in terms of getting you into the playoffs. And I think that's best case scenario if you're Minnesota United. Four points out of these next two matches, and then they can kind of coast over the last two uh, if I'm looking at the standings right. So that's where we are right now. Uh, any more questions? Feel free to drop those in. I will stick around for about one more minute. I'm going to bring up the live table for the MLS Western Conference. Western Conference standings. It only shows me the top five. You want Western Conference. So you're in the sixth spot right now if you're Minnesota United. with a, uh, But RSL is in seventh and they have a game in hand. LAFC is sitting there 40 points. And Vancouver, 40 points as well. So you have, or excuse me, so I thought it was final, FC Dallas against LAFC. That game was not final. LAFC actually came back to beat FC Dallas 3-2. to two. So they got three points. So still desperate LAFC, but also playing really, also coming off a win. So that's even worse <laughs> if you're Minnesota United. So you really got to bear it down and, and, and handle your business against LAFC on Saturday. But that's not going to be easy coming off that big win over FC Dallas. I apologize for misreading the uh, foot mob app earlier. Um, so that is going to be an even bigger match now because LAFC is sitting right below the playoff line at 40 points. Then Vancouver's there with 40 in ninth. So how it shakes out, LA Galaxy in fifth on 45 points, Minnesota United in sixth on 44, RSL in seventh on 42, LAFC eighth with 40, and ninth Vancouver on 40 points as well. RSL is the one with the game in hand on everybody else right now um, in that uh, you know five or six team uh, grouping there between fifth and ninth. It'll be a five-team grouping between fifth and ninth. So things are still really, really close, but the six points in this week have gotten you into a point where you are now four points clear of the playoff line if you're Minnesota. That's big 
in this last four game stretch, but you got to handle your business on Saturday. Not going to be easy against LAFC. Dave Stevens, LA Galaxy, and LAFC both won tonight. Yikes, Portland is beating Vancouver now. So, again, if Vancouver does grind out a result against Portland, that is going to change the table up a little bit. Um, so you're rooting for Portland right now if you're a Minnesota United fan. I know it's not the easiest pill to swallow rooting for Portland if you're a Minnesota United fan, but it'll help you in terms of getting you an even bigger buffer over Vancouver. Um, big three points for LAFC, LAFC tonight. Uh, coming back against FC Dallas. So work to do, but you've done your job over the last two matches. You just need to keep doing it moving forward if you're Minnesota United. All right, that'll do it for Post Loons tonight, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. Next match, as we mentioned, Saturday evening, LAFC. Your boy, Jeremy Rushing, going to be right here afterwards with Post Loons. Hopefully I can watch a full 90 for that one. We'll see if Valley Sports holds up. But until then, guys, have a great rest of your week. We will chat on Saturday. Bye.